Welcome back to Superhero Cinema, the weekly show about superheroes on TV, in the movies, and in comic books. I'm Michael. I'm Jefferson. And I'm Jonathan. And this is issue number 14 for the second half of July 2007. Uh, so start off with a fill-in from last time, last show. Um, I could not remember the name, or actually I had never known the name of the actor who played the head of Sector 7, the uh, secret agency in the Transformers, and the actor's name is Michael O'Neill. Um, I was a big fan of his from West Wing and never knew his name. Now I do. And so do you. Michael O'Neill, gotcha. So uh, this week, uh, Thursday of this week, is uh, Comic-Con beginning, and that's obviously going to be the biggest news. It's, it's kind of the biggest thing for the year, uh, with the exception of the actual release of movies for, in terms of superhero movies. Uh, so where most studios will be doing presentations and talking about what stuff they've got coming up. So uh, I wanted to go over the schedule a little bit and talk about what uh, panels are going to happen. Uh, we don't know what actual news is going to necessarily happen from these, but this is what we're going to be paying attention to, and uh, hopefully we'll do a show next week and discuss the aftermath of yeah, last we actually have to be reporting um, from a distance here since none of us are actually going to be there in San Diego. Yeah, no, nobody sent us any free uh, airfare. Or, or there was a contest. Uh, Crave Online, the parent company of SuperheroHype.com, did a contest for someone to get sent to be the correspondent to Comic-Con. I did enter it and did not win, sadly. Aw. So you'll just have to get it for me here at my home. <laughs> Talking to you from via the podcast, the web. yeah. What I can yes, what I can get from the web. Okay, uh, so on their schedule on Thursday, um, no, mo- there are some movie panels, but nothing that kind of relates to us. Mostly sci-fi, fantasy, other stuff. Um, the big highlight for superhero stuff on Thursday is the actual premiere Thursday evening of Superman Doomsday. They'll be actually showing the uh, directed DVD film at the convention, even though it won't be coming out until September. That's an awesome uh, sneak preview for those guys. Yeah, two months early. It definitely means we'll start getting a lot of reviews for it to get a better sense of uh, how good it is. Yeah, I saw that it was rated uh, PG-13, and you know, I guess maybe you have to cover the kitty's eyes in some points, huh? On uh, Friday, a uh, much bigger day. Uh, Friday and Saturday, obviously, are the bigger days of the show. That's when uh, most of the studios are in town showing their wares. Um, Warner Brothers has their panel uh, first thing in the day, the first half of the day, and included on their uh, panel will be Speed Racer. Uh, Watchmen, which is going to be the panel to watch. Um, Zack Snyder, the director, is going to be there. Um, He is expected to announce the cast of Watchmen. Uh, He may even have them there with him. Um, That's the big thing about Comic-Con because it's in San Diego, just south of uh, Los Angeles there. The the studios will actually send out the entire cast of movies. Um, They'll send out the entire cast of TV shows. It's a a huge event. Um, So he's definitely expected to show or to announce the cast, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if he has a lot of them there. And so what goes on at these panels? I mean, do they answer questions? Do they have a canned presentation? What happens exactly? Um, It varies. It depends on what they've got ready. Um, A lot of movies now will prepare things specifically for Comic-Con. So like uh, when uh, Superman Returns was coming out, they they were racing to get together a trailer just in time for Comic-Con, you know, just just to get him there and get him in front of the panel there. I mean, these these panels, some of the bigger ones for the bigger movies, like this Warner Brothers presentation, I think the room's like 10,000 people or something. I mean, uh, Comic-Con in total over the four days gets 120,000 people. It's, it's a humongous event. I mean, by, by convention standards, by anything, wow. by anything in the media, sci-fi kind of world, Comic-Con just dwarfs and eclipses everything else. I mean, uh, George Lucas showed the very first stuff from Star Wars at Comic-Con in 1976. Um, it's, it's, so they've got a long history then. They've got a long history of being the place that Hollywood goes to to get to the, the sci-fi fan, to get to the geek audience. 
Um, it's it's basically their their conduit that they know of, and uh, so now it's kind of the main place. You know that they will they'll they'll forgo some of their other advertising budget or marketing budget for a film to send the cast to Comic Con. Well, it sounds like it's worth it. I mean, if there's anybody who's going to be their audience for these movies, that's the people who go to this convention. Exactly. It's 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 where they can tap into that audience. It's where, like you know, last year it was you know showing the the. The, the pre version of the pre version of the pilot of Heroes, the non finished version of the pilot for Heroes, showing that at Comic Con last year is what created the buzz to really get people knowing about the show and get people excited about the show. I mean, that for a sci fi fantasy project, Comic Con can totally make or break you. The word coming out of that, especially now with blogs, the internet, you know, pop, podcasts like this, you know, the, the word that comes out of Comic Con is what's going to be spread over the internet and it's, it's where the buzz is going to be, you know, if something is good or if something sucks. Yeah, so you can you can totally screw up with your your sci-fi audience by showing something at Comic Con and having them hate it. Well, hopefully no, no, none of that will happen for uh, the movies we're looking at and hoping are going to be good, right? Yeah, Speed Racer, they'll have the producer Joel Silver there. They most likely will have some of the cast, although I, they are shooting in Germany, so I don't know how much of the cast they'd be able to get it over. Um, they might just bring the director or they might just bring uh, Joel Silver. Um, Watchmen is definitely will be the director, Zack Snyder. They haven't actually started filming yet, so, so the big thing there, I mean, he'll probably show like maybe some graphics or a logo or something like that, but the big thing will be the casting announcement. Um, and then also will be The Dark Knight. For The Dark Knight, they finished most of the shooting um, I believe most of the cast is in America so I would not be surprised if they had uh, Christian Bale and uh, Heath Ledger and uh, Aaron Eckhart um, I would not be surprised to have uh, any or all of them there at the panel for the Dark Knight um, now it, we're going to talk about something in the rumors later uh, about something else they may show <laughs> uh, basically the films will try to get something you know, if, they, if they've been shooting at all they will try to get something ready for Comic Con because that's really where you can start getting your audience you know uh, last year for Iron Man they were showing you know the first drawings of what Iron Man would look like you know before there was even a film <laughs> before there was, there was really even a cast you know at that point I think all they had was the director um, so okay so moving on on Friday uh, there will also be a panel discussion on the legacy of Will Eisner which is uh, kind of cool the creator of the spirit um, we talked about him a couple months ago that there's a new documentary out, uh, out about him and uh, several noted comics creators and his uh, widow I believe will be there at the panel to discuss him and then also another premiere that evening. Uh, you know, to counterpoint, DC's premiere on Thursday of Superman Doomsday. Marvel will premiere the direct-to-DVD animated Doctor Strange feature on Friday night. And so how far ahead is that one going to be? Um, that one actually comes out in a couple weeks. That's, I believe, beginning of uh, August, like August 7th, I believe. So they won't have any DVDs for sale in the back of the room, huh? This yeah, is just no, a, uh, a yeah. tease. Yeah, again, it's getting to see it before it's even released, which is you know something you would pretty much only get at Comic Con. I mean, at other conventions, you might get the trailer, <laughs> you know, but you're not going to get them showing the entire film at a, at another convention. Saturday is the big day. Um, a lot of presentations. I mean, uh, Friday's pretty big, especially because of the Warner Brothers presentation. And I think the Watchmen is definitely going to be the panel of the show. I mean, that's really the one where everyone's going to be waiting to see what the cast announcements there. Uh, on Saturday, you've got uh, in the morning, NBC will be showing Bionic Woman. They're actually going to show the entire pilot. There will be a panel for Who Wants to Be a Superhero, which uh, starts this Thursday. Um, They'll, they'll, I believe they'll have a bunch of be, the people from the first season and some of the people from the new season will all be at the uh, panel at Comic-Con. 
there will be a panel of the entire cast of Heroes. Um, pretty much everyone <laughs> will be there at Comic Con. Um, we talked. About well, that's going to be a big draw. I'm sure they'll fill yeah. every uh, ten thousand seat yeah, there. That's, yeah, that's going to be a huge. That'll be a standing room only. You know, people, people, fifty thousand people outside trying to get in. Um, kind of panel. What are they going to talk about on that one? Um, they'll talk about the upcoming season and they'll take questions. I mean, that kind of thing. They'll, they, they probably will even show. I mean, right now I think they're into the third or fourth episode already of shooting. So uh, they will have some stuff to show. And I'm sure they are. They'll, they'll have the cast. They'll have the producers. They'll have the writers. Um, they'll talk about the upcoming season. They'll show some footage you know, from the upcoming season. And then they'll, they'll take questions from the audience. Um, in the afternoon, there will be a panel with uh, J. Michael Straczynski familiar to uh, comics audiences uh, from writing Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Thor. He's uh, got a couple of scripts in the works. We've talked about him before. He was the creator of Babylon 5. Um, The big thing for right now, and amongst the other stuff that he's going to talk about, is he will be talking about the script that he's working on for a Silver Surfer spinoff from Fantastic Four. Cross your fingers, Jonathan. I'm hoping so, yeah. (laughs) Let's hope it's a good one and that it gets made. Well, I'm sure... I. Bet it'll probably get made. It's it's whether it'll be good that's the thing you need to cross your fingers about. Exactly. Well, I mean, since he's a, he's definitely coming from the comic book, you know, world, and so I think that he's definitely you know knows what a uh, a good comic book character movie should be. And he knows his epic science fiction. Yeah, too. he knows how to tell a good story on screen. I mean, he showed that for five years with Babylon Five. Um, the other uh, tough woman series for this year uh, that doesn't start till mid-season, uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Um, they will show the entire pilot for that um, in the afternoon and probably have the cast there. Um, and then uh, the end of the day, um, the Smallville panel, which uh, is expected to be a big event because they're going to actually have the actress who will play, be playing Supergirl there in her debut for the audience. Um, we'll, we're going to talk about it later in the news. They, they have already announced the actress, and they've already actually put out the first publicity photo of her and, and what she's going to look like in Supergirl. But this will be the first time she's actually live in person in front of the audience. And I saw online on uh, their website that they're sold out for passes on Saturdays. Yep. Yeah, so. they've sold out for four-day passes. You, you can't uh, actually buy You're out of luck. Pass. You'd have to buy individual passes for each day now, um, which, you know. It's easy to do, but just a little bit more expensive. But yeah, just an indication of of how many people are going to attend this Comic Con. I mean, Comic Con's always big, and this one's going to be right up there, and you know, probably is going to be the most attended one ever. Um, I believe you know their higher numbers are 120,000. We'll see where they get to this time. See what their max max is. I'm sure the fire marshal will let them know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm sure they probably have their act together. It, it's in a big convention center. It's in the San Diego Convention Center. And like you said, they've been doing this for a while, so yeah, they yeah, know yeah. how to run this big convention. Yeah, they've been doing this for over 35 years now. I think it was 72 was their first one, so uh, they know what they're doing. Still have never gotten to go to one. Next Someday. Year. Someday. Next year yes. for sure. Mm-hmm. Every year I tell myself next year yeah, for sure. Next year in San Diego. Next year. Okay, so finishing up on Sunday, uh, two panels of interest. Neither one directly superhero, kind of marginally superhero. Um, the 4400, which is a show that we don't really talk about that much, but it is kind of X-Men-esque. <laughs> it's kind yeah, of, I, would, I would consider yeah. it a superhero show. It, it has shades of, of X-Men, shades of mutant uh, hysteria and mutant persecution. Um, they'll have their panel on Sunday, which will have uh, most of the cast from the show. Um, they're right in the middle of their uh, season right now. And uh, the new sci-fi show uh, that we've talked about, Flash Gordon, will be premiering their cast, and they'll actually be showing the first episode at Comic-Con on Sunday. Sounds like a uh, action-packed four days. 
Holy cow. Yeah, that would be the interesting thing is, is if I, you know we ever did get to go to it is how do you find the time to do as much as you want to do? I mean that's you – know, and, then, and then I mean so for some of these panels, I mean like if you want to go to the Marvel panel on Saturday, you're basically there um, – all day, you know, you, you pretty much have to get in line for it. You know, first thing in the morning, and that's your day. You're not you're not going to be doing anything else if you want to even have a chance of getting into that room. Um, I don't know how we missed that. Uh, we actually did not talk about that. <laughs> we skipped right from heroes to J. Michael Straczynski. So Marvel's got a room on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> the big panel on Saturday. I don't know how. Oh, gee, I wonder what they'll be talking this. about. Uh, yeah, Marvel Studios will have their panel on Saturday, and they will be talking about Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk, um, and the the. The expectation is they may is they may have a teaser for Iron Man. They have uh, finished shooting. Um, it's a question of how quickly they've been able to put things together. But as I understand it from rumor sites and, and uh, from discussion from the director John Favreau on his uh, MySpace page, they're they're planning on trying to put together a teaser for for Comic Con. So that should be extremely exciting. <laughs> it's sometimes those things leak to the web. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes the best you can do is cell phone footage of people in the room showing you what <laughs> what gets shown in the rooms at Comic Con. Um, a lot of times the studios will release them simultaneously just because they know that someone's going to put out cell phone footage from Comic Con. Um, so it'd be really exciting if we actually got to see a teaser from Iron Man. Yes, it would. It would be very exciting. <laughs> Okay, so moving on, um, because of Comic-Con, we're totally jam-packed with news stories right now. Uh, There's new info almost daily, so let's go ahead and get started on it. Let's talk news. You can always get additional info and links to these stories on our website, SuperheroCinema.com. The front page of the site will always keep you updated on the latest info about superhero movies and TV shows from all over the web. So first off, uh, following up on the Comic-Con news, the actual actress who has been cast as Supergirl in Smallville is Laura Vandervoort. That's a mouthful. Yeah, her, her, her big claim so far, she's from Canada. She's uh, been one of the stars of a TV series up there called Instant Star. That's uh, kind of a Canadian teen show up there. And uh, she will be making her debut as uh, Kara, small, uh, Supergirl, on uh, Friday at Comic-Con. More time they spend on her on the series, the less time they'll be able to spend on Lex and Lana. So the happier we will all be. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they did say that she is uh, expected to catch the attentions of both Jimmy Olsen and Lex Luthor. Oh, that, that, that's bad news for Lana and Chloe then, I guess. Assuming Chloe's still alive. Right, assuming Lana's still alive. Okay, uh, moving on, uh, Heroes, which we will, you know, we talk about a lot, and for good reason. It's, it's an incredibly good show, and uh, the awards are bearing that out. Um, people were really looking forward to finding out, you know, would this be the sci-fi fantasy genre show that really kind of breaks the trend and, and actually gets real serious Emmy nominations. Uh, most sci-fi fantasy shows, if they get Emmy nominations, get just the tech awards, you know, get like special effects, get like art direction, that kind of stuff, but never get anything for the actors, never get anything for the writers. Um, definitely would never get the top awards, which are, you know, best dramatic series, best uh, comedy series. Well, Heroes has broken that mold. Um, Heroes Good for them. Ha- yeah, Heroes has eight ni- Emmy nominations, and including the ones that you would expect, uh, art direction, uh, editing, sound mixing, visual effects, it also has been nominated for best writing, best directing for a drama series, uh, best supporting actor in a drama for Masioka, which is great. Um, he's definitely seems to be the one who's been singled out for award thought. Um, yeah, no, no one for best lead 
actor or actress, um, and you'd kind of expect that because it's very much an ensemble. You know, who would be the lead? Yeah, who is who yeah, is the main character? Yeah, who would be of the heroes. lead of the show? You know, so really, it would only have gotten a, a nomination in the best supporting categories. But uh, Masioka did get that, and it actually has been nominated for best drama series. Something you know, people always you know thought that Buffy should have done. Something people thought that definitely Battlestar Galactica should have done. Um, so many other series that you know were huge fan favorites that even crossed over to you know more than just the fan audience, but definitely never get recognition by the you know Emmy voters as as a true outstanding show. Um, Heroes has been nominated for uh, best dramatic series. Don't know if it'll win, but <laughs> but just but just getting nominated really puts it ahead above where other sci-fi fantasy shows have really gotten to. Right, and depending on who the competition is, it might have a shot. Um, if I if I my information's correct, I believe last year twenty four won, and twenty four is not even nominated this year. So. Yeah, I would guess the the expected favorite front runner for it would be The Sopranos, um, especially it being the last season. Now, my feeling on it is is that the one thing that could hurt The Sopranos is the backlash of people feeling that the ending was not very satisfying. So that, that could hurt The Sopranos in the actual Emmy voting, and that could give Heroes a better shot. Of course, Heroes has the possibility of having the same kind of feeling, because I think a lot of people felt, you know, a little bit anticlimactic on the hero's ending. Puzzled by the yeah. ending, yeah. Yeah, but, sure. what, but what they actually put up for nomination was the first episode. Uh, so, it's, it's, so its nominations are all based on, on the first episode of the series, which was definitely one of the best first episodes of a series in a long time. Yeah, I mean, it definitely caught my attention. And, I mean, you know, I didn't really hear anything about the show before, before the first episode. So I was like, oh, yeah, I thought I'd give this one a try. I mean, it looks kind of neat. And, yeah, just that first episode just blew everything else away that, that – uh, of that that fall schedule there. Yeah, I'm actually one of the few people who you know knew about it way in advance. I mean, I I knew about the show before any of the cast had been announced when it was just this incredibly good script that everyone had been talking about, and then heard each of the casting announcements as they made them, and and then about the pilot and how the pilot sounded, and you know how the how the pilot was received, and then the show getting picked up. But that's of course I eat, sleep, drink, and breathe this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't do that. <laughs> I had heard a bit about it beforehand, but I just decided, I think I decided to watch it for the well for the superhero content, but also because uh, Adrian Pastar has always been one of my favorite actors, and so he kind of sealed the deal for me. So the uh, so the Emmys notwithstanding, uh, we don't know if it'll win the best dramatic series Emmy. It's it's a, it's a long shot, but just just getting nominated is great. But the Television Critics Association uh, announced their awards this week, and uh, Heroes was named the Program of the Year, uh, not the best new program, which went to Friday Night Lights. The best program of the year, new or not? Yeah, right? just 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 the best program of the year went to Heroes. That's that's pretty incredible. I mean, that's that really that that helps it in the Emmy voting. In fact, um, but it just it just gives it a status and a standing that that sci-fi fantasy shows really never achieve. Yeah, hopefully it'll build up some good momentum for them. You know, for this whole award season. And really, it, it's a shame that I think the real deciding factor on there. I mean, you know, not to take anything away from Heroes. Heroes is an incredibly good show, but there have been also incredibly good sci-fi fantasy shows previously. And uh, I really think the difference is being on a network. I mean, that's you know, Buffy was on, yeah, Buffy was on Fox. You know, Battlestar Galactica is on Sci-Fi. You know, those are still considered marginal. The the, the smallest audience on a network show is usually still bigger than the biggest audience on a cable show. And there's probably just a sort of 
uh, an attitude, you know, a, a, an idea that that the Emmys are for net, the network shows are somehow more legitimate. That will probably stay in place for for some time. So a show like Battlestar Galactica, which you know definitely should be winning awards for writing, you know, it's one of the best written shows out there for in the last ten years. It's got several strikes against it. It's it's sci-fi fantasy, and it's not on a network. So, I mean, you know, those two things alone pretty much will keep it from from getting Best Dramatic Series nomination. Yeah, I think Which something is harsh. That, yeah, something else The Heroes has going for it, though, too, is that it's set in the present day, and none of the characters wear bizarre costumes. Right. It, it doesn't like have that. a lot of the trappings of, of it's, sci-fi yeah. fantasy or superheroes. You know? Sure, yeah. Visually, it has more in common with The X-Files than with Star Trek. You know, it's got a much a contemporary look to it and characters that audiences can relate to because they're they're regular people they're not from outer space or anything like that which i'd have to look it up i'm not sure if x-files ever actually got a nomination for yeah the I, dramatic don't, I, series. Don't I think it might have gotten nominated i know it definitely didn't win yeah and I mean, i'm sure it got plenty of uh tech awards and and nods yeah that's kind of always the the uh cliche both in the oscars and the emmys that you know so sci-fi fantasy will win all the tech awards but never any of the top awards for best actor best actress best you know director best writing best best show and that's that's often with a few exceptions that's pretty much held true but about midway through the season it became clear that it was just insanely popular and everybody loved it and so i i, I got more comfortable with with thinking it would get another season yeah and it's so rare for that to happen because i know all of us you know have have had you know superhero shows that we just absolutely love and you know we're we're that way and there's a core group of fans that way but the greater audience isn't so it's never going to (laughs) last the greater yeah the the majority of the tv watching audience is so easily distracted because they have so many other things vying for their attention so it's so rare for for you know the popular show, the hot new show, to for it to be one of ours. You know, it's like when someone from your neighborhood makes it big. You know, <laughs> a superhero show has made it to be the top show of the year. It's a good time. It is. Um, so moving on, uh, the L.A. Times is reporting this. The studio involved, Columbia, I don't know, has actually put out a, an, a press release, and they wouldn't because it's still in talks. But it's in uh, what they call final negotiations. Uh, Seth Rogen, who was the star of Knocked Up, is in final discussion, uh, final neg- negotiations to possibly write, direct, and or star in The Green Hornet. So he'll be the Green Hornet. And that's what we—that's what they're saying. Uh, you know, we talked about this a couple months ago. You know who the Green Hornet is. He, you know, character going back all the way to radio in the '40s. Um, character spawned by the same creator as the Lone Ranger, tied to that character. Um, did a TV series in the '60s that was a spinoff of Batman. I didn't realize this guy had that much uh, power in Hollywood already. Because I mean, well, I don't I know. This he's... that powerful a project. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, it sounds maybe. like maybe they're they're planning on playing it for laughs a bit. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're clearly I mean, not. He has done pretty a, much all comedy up till this point. Yeah, they're not trying. It doesn't sound like they're treating it in the same breath as something like Batman. Um, a side note to that, um, also from the LA Times, is that Seth Rogen uh, wants uh, Stephen Chow, uh, actor who's been in literally dozens of uh, kung fu films, out of. Uh, out of Hong Kong, uh, but most recently Kung Fu Hustle 2 is uh, who he really wants to get for Kato. And that would be awesome. Stephen Chow's movies are great. Even if you don't like Kung Fu movies, he is he is hilarious. He is such a good, he's really sort of a, like a more, maybe like a more skilled, I don't know, actually, no, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say a more skilled Jackie Chan, but he's definitely in the same vein as Jackie Chan and that he's, he's more about the entertainment than the fighting skill. You know, there's there's kung fu guys like Jet Li who are good fighters, but they're just boring as hell to watch. 
And uh, uh, Stephen Chow just, I mean, he's just really entertaining. If you and, haven't and, seen him, and check Jet Li's out, already uh, done his Kato. He did the yeah. mask films, which which basically was him doing Kato. But Kato's a role that all the martial artists are always interested in, if if anyone's going to make it, because it's the role that put Bruce Lee Bruce in front Lee of American audiences. Yeah, it's it's really the film that that made Bruce Lee a star. And Chow deserves it. I'd love to see him get a wider audience in America. He, uh, Shaolin Soccer and Kung Fu Hustle are both awesome movies. Uh, other news of who's getting hired for what. This is an actual announcement. This is uh, definite. Um, the Project Wolverine, the spinoff from X-Men, uh, still starring Hugh Jackman, uh, has bounced around for a little bit. They've, they've been you know, planning it for a long time, um, but, and they've had a script for a long time, but it's kind of bounced from one director to another. It is finally settled with uh, South African director Gavin Hood, um, made most famous a couple years ago when uh, his film Tsatsi won the Best Foreign Film Award at the Oscars and, and was most notable for people not being able to pronounce it. Um, he is going to be directing Wolverine. Uh, shooting starts in November for a release in 2008. Um, right now he's finishing a film, his first uh, American film called Rendition, uh, which stars Reese Witherspoon and Jake Gyllenhaal. That actually comes out in October, so that film comes out and he'll finish the press just in time to start working on Wolverine. So this is definite. It's definitely going to happen. This is, uh, yeah, this is an actual announcement from Fox. That's They start shooting in November. Hugh Jackman starring. Uh, Gavin Hood directing. Yeah, because I heard for a while we weren't sure whether it was going to be Wolverine or Magneto spinoff movie was going to happen first. So it sounds like Wolverine's definitely, uh, yeah, that's definitely taking the, the leaps together. I mean, they yeah, at the moment, I think they're still kind of settling in on directors, writers, screenplay, and everything on, on Magneto. Last we heard, David Goyer was working on a script, um, but they hadn't settled on a director or you know any casting or anything like that. I think the, the Wolverine movie probably got going faster because Hugh Jackman really wanted to do it. And, right. and he's and such it a has huge someone, star. Yeah, it has someone who is a bankable star attached to it. Magneto doesn't have someone who can open up a film you know, attached to it. Yeah, and... and- on top of that, Jackman really wants to do it, and so I'm sure he was out there pushing for it himself. Well, I'm sure the fans really want it, too. I mean, yeah. honestly, between a Wolverine movie and a Magneto movie, I'll prefer the Wolverine movie. I think there's, yeah. more, I think there's more potential, uh, yeah. Yeah, more character history there that you can uh, that you can deal with more more turmoil and angst in that character, which is I good. I think you're right. I think I think we talked about this a little bit before when we first announced it. But the yeah. Magneto sounds like a really dreary idea to me. It doesn't sound very entertaining at all. Well, it all depends on what story they're going to tell. It you know it depends on how they're going to tell the story of Magneto before we see him in X Men. You know, is it just going to be? The, the worst parts of his life, you know, or is it going to be something that could make it an interesting adventure story? Whereas with Wolverine, I think you're much more guaranteed. Yeah, with Wolverine, it's pretty much all adventure story. Right. And you've got, you know, you've got a charismatic star who's going to, I mean, Jackman can carry, he's carried some pretty lousy movies. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, you've got a bankable star, you know, to begin with. I mean, my big concern is, you know, we've, we've talked about how, you know, these films should be made by by a filmmaker who's passionate about it. You know, like Christopher Nolan coming on Batman and really having a take on how he wants to do a Batman film. You know, and that you know that the that the worst ones come from you know a hired hand director coming on to just do one of these big budget you know superhero extravaganzas that you know is is something to put on the resume. And this kind of smacks of that potentially. I mean, just because it's 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 a you know it's a named good director who's done like these small films you know but hasn't done like a big american big budget film so this is his chance to do that you know this is this they didn't come out with a statement in this story saying you know gavin hood had been a fan of wolverine since he was a child and is passionate about the story so right right and chances are he's not yeah i mean it, i could go either way because on the one hand 
where that's really gone wrong have been cases like uh, um, X-Men 3 or um, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin where they brought in a, an established director who was kind of who didn't really feel like they had to do a good job and with this um, you know with this guy this being his first, well I guess his second English language movie uh, maybe he'll he'll have more of a desire to 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 impress and he'll have more of an incentive to to make a good movie because I like I don't think Joel Shoemaker had any incentive to to make good Batman movies I don't think uh, I mean Brett Ratner inherited a giant mess when he took over X3 so I don't know I mean I think he could have done better but I'm not sure how it really depends I think and Wolverine should be a smaller movie than X3 was since it's going to be able to focus on on the central character there won't be a gazillion guest stars in it. Will they be able to put other X-Men? I mean, is there any sort of rights issues with all the character, all the other X-Men being in previous movies? Most there likely. always are. Yeah, yeah. There, there always are. I mean, that's most likely they'll be able to pull people from Wolverine's background, from characters that are you know with him in the comics that are his specific characters that aren't uh, general X-Men or Marvel Universe characters. So you're, you're not going to have, like, Hulk tromping through it or anything like that. And this one is not... Um one of the ones being done by Marvel directly, right? right? The, yeah, this is yeah. done by Fox, yep. This is Fox, so it won't be covered under Marvel's... Now, uh, following up on that, just in terms of that conversation of these two films and which was coming first and them trying to develop both of them together, Fox has registered the domain names WolverineOrigins.com and MagnetoOrigins.com. Now, I kind of like that as a title, if those happen to be the titles. I think you know Wolverine Origins as a title, could be very cool as a way to distinguish it rather than just calling it Wolverine. Right. Is and there anything at those websites right now? Uh, I didn't check it out, but I don't think so. I think they're just, just held. Just placeholders or yeah. something? Yep, just and placeholders. A, a couple of years ago, Marvel published a, a miniseries called Wolverine Origin that was all about his, it was his definitive origin story. So, and yeah, it's a great title, I think. Yeah, it lets us know that, you know, in all likelihood, we're going to get an origin story. Yeah, it tells us, tells us what the movie's going to be about, certainly. And if, and doing, if they decide to call it Magneto Origins, that might be a nice way to tie the two films together. Yeah, I do kind of like that as the idea of having that be a series of films. I mean, you could then do, like, Storm Origins and Cyclops Origins and that kind of stuff, if, if these t- films took off, you know? Yeah, and they didn't really give you any of the characters' origin stories in the, in the X-Men films. It looks like it's just a. Uh, I just checked it out. It looks like it's a redirect to you. Redirecting URL takes you to foxmovies.com. So I guess just yeah, just holding the place. Make sure nobody else goes in there and swipes it up. Um, in current movie news, uh, Transformers out right now has now done 455 million dollars worldwide. Uh, 263 of it in the U.S. Um, that's definitely a success. That uh, definitely tells us that we're going to get <laughs> more Transformers movies. Transformers well, 2 coming yeah, soon. Yeah, most likely Transformers 2, most likely G.I. Joe, quite possibly Thundercats. Um, nobody's talking possibly about Overkill. A, yeah, nobody's talking about a GoBots movie. I Not yet. Yeah, I don't know who owns the rights to that, but a Strawberry Shortcake movie must be coming. Yeah, it must be. It's right after the Voltron movie. Yeah. Yeah, starring starring <laughs> Lindsay Lohan after she gets out of rehab. Well, good for Transformers. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm sure that sold a lot of toys too, and definitely brought a lot of audiences either. for yeah. the summertime. It was it's a, a, it's a good, mean, fun summer movie. We reviewed it last week, but but yeah, it was a it was a slick, very competently made summer action movie. No surprise that it's doing well. It's a, it survived the onslaught from Harry Potter. Yeah, it did. Uh, I mean, I think it. it Maybe something else that helped it is that it stood as its own thing. There was nothing else really like it that came out this summer. And also uh, something we've talked about previously, uh, Warner Brothers uh, working on a Jonah Hex movie. 
Yeah, score one for me. A, a couple months ago, we each did a list of characters we wanted to see get movies, and, and I just got one. Jonah Hex was at the top of my list. Nice. Check it off your list there. Of course, I'm going to be so angry if they mess it up. Because he is, <laughs> if I had to pick a favorite comic book character, he'd probably be it. And the casting on that is going to be so key. I mean, that's, you know, you, you never mentioned that. I mean, who, who would you cast as Jonah Hex? I don't know. I cannot face? think of any established actors that, that I think would be, that I go, ooh, he'd be perfect. I can't. I mean, if I gave it some more thought, I might think of somebody. But I, 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 yeah, I can't really picture anybody. I mean, it basically is Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven. Unfortunately, Clint Eastwood already did Unforgiven. Yeah, and not really because Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven is a man at the end of his career as a gunfighter. It's more like, say, Clint Eastwood in The Outlaw Josie Wales. You know, because Jonah Hex is a man who, uh, you know, he fought in the war. He was on the wrong side. He's got all these skills as a killer. What does he do with him? He becomes a bounty hunter. But he's he's a young man. He's not a man at the end of his career. Oh, okay. like, like he's sort of I always thought he was more grizzled. End of his life. Not really. Of. No, I mean, I mean, the 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 comics have have covered his whole life. You know, they've they've gone from right after he leaves the the army all the way up through his appearance in uh, in the Batman animated series was him at the end of his career. But the majority of the comics feature a man, you know, in his 30s, a standard sort of, of cowboy hero type. And But, of course, you know, with the the fact that he's him, you know, he's, he's such a – he is a very sort of cynical and, and anti-hero type character. Hugh Jackman might be good. Hugh Jackman, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Hugh Jackman might be a little bit too pleasant to, to play the character right. I mean, hopefully they won't make him a, a, a matinee idol type you know, I'm hoping for something more like well, something more like Clint Eastwood in the the spaghetti westerns of the '60s would be perfect, because Eastwood in those is definitely an anti-hero. He's not the guy in the white hat. You know, he's out to make money and he's out for himself. And the fact that he saves the day is sort of a happy accident. And that's what Jonah Hex should be like. You know, it should be it should be a lot more sinister than than like a John Wayne movie or something. So just to establish that we've not become the Western Cinema Podcast, um, jo- Jonah Hex is a DC Comics character. He he has crossed over into Batman and other superheroes in the DC universe. Um, it's not a straight straight Western tale. They have mixed in science fiction and supernatural elements. Um, the writers of this film that uh, Warner Brothers is working on have said that it will be a Western, but not a straight Western. It will have supernatural. elements elements in it right it'll be sounds like what they have in mind is uh in the 90s uh, uh dc published a couple of jonah hex miniseries where there were very overt supernatural elements you know there's one where he fights zombies and there's one where he fights sort of lovecraftian tentacled horrors so sort of the kind of thing that you saw in hellboy so yeah they played up that that supernatural made it pretty overt it was always in the background in the old comics you know, the comics were always kind of sinister and they didn't always have happy endings and but they made it really overt in the 90s and it sounds like that's what they're planning on doing is making it almost more of a horror film that happens to take place in the old west and our last news item uh for this week uh, something we already said earlier talking about comic-con who wants to be a superhero season two starts this week on thursday and that's about all we really need to talk about that thank you (laughs) (laughs) so if you like it go watch it if not join everybody the majority of people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's it for our news this week, but keep checking it out at SuperheroCinema.com every day. Now let's get on the rumor treadmill where stories hop on and off pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so talking about some rumors this week, uh, most of it is stuff that is going to be discussed at Comic-Con, so I'd expect that anything we talk about uh, for the next 10 minutes or so will either know is true or false by next Monday. Um, so place your bets. Yep. So mostly this is pretty much playing uh, you know, the game of you know, which rumors will end up being true, which rumors will end up being false. Um, the big one, obviously, being Watchmen casting. The last couple of days leading up to Comic-Con, where we're expected to actually get the cast announced, most of the cast parts have been leaked, at least in terms of rumors, about who will be playing them. Some of the rumors are more credible than others. Some of them are coming from the actors themselves, not actually you know, directly saying that they're in it, but not saying that they're not either, um, and kind of trying to sidestep it, but sidestep it. Clumsily. <laughs> um, one of the newest ones is uh, Malin Ackerman, or Ackerman, um, who uh, had a prominent role in Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle, uh, among a couple of other smaller films, um, is rumored to be uh, Sally Jupiter, a.k.a. the Silk Spectre, um, which is a definite indication, and as most of these uh, casting will be, of, of them going for younger-looking people. Yeah, it looks like they're skewing very young. I mean, a lot of it is indicative of the fact of the budget that uh, Zack Snyder's budget for it is is going to be low by huge, you know, extravaganza standards. That that basically his budget he will be using on the effects, he'll be using it on the sets, he'll be using it on the look of the film, and that he will not be using it on the cast uh, because so far, you know, if this if the if the rumors stand as is, and that's what gets announced on uh, Friday, uh, the expectation is that uh, really he won't have spent almost any of his money on any big name significant actors that. that you know, you will not be going to see this film because of the cast. You will be going to see this film because, you know, as we talked about last time, that the trailers for it and the look of it is so knocking you out that you have to see the film, just like 300. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's good that these are B-list actors because it would be just like we said before, it would be distracting if they're people who you think of as the actor and not as the character. And, and exactly. expensive. I mean, that's, you know, if you'd gone with anyone as the big name in this role, you know, instead of, you know, $150 million and getting to spend, you know, $120 million of it on the look of the film and $30 million of it on the cast, you'd be spending, you know, 75 of it on, you know, the cast and, and 75 of it on the look. And Snyder's already proved that he can open a successful movie without any major stars. Now, the one out of this whole list that I'm really excited about, just because I think you know he's a great actor, good choice for it, Jackie Earl Haley, um, nominated for an Oscar for Little Children, uh, rumored to be Rorschach. Um, Patrick Wilson, also from the film Little Children, uh, rumored to be Night Owl. Um, there was an interview that uh, one site did with him this week where they were talking to him on the set of his current film and asking him about this project and him kind of jokingly, you know, half-jokingly talking about, you know, not eating anything on the craft service table because he needs to get in shape to be playing a superhero. Um, so you take it from there. Uh, the one we talked about last time, uh, Billy Well, Crow. doesn't the Night Owl, isn't he kind of a porky guy already? Well, that's he the thing. I mean, it, it, it's yeah. all how they're going to do it. I mean, it's, it's how the story is going to be unveiled. I mean, you know, because they're going to have to look buff at some point when they were in their prime. So basically what he's going for, my guess would be, is he's going for people who are going to look good in their prime, and then he could take them downhill from there. And, and so it's entirely possible that he's, yeah, he's casting younger actors because it, it's so much easier to make a young actor look old than the reverse. Yeah, I mean, if you cast John Lovitz as Night Owl, how are you going to make John Lovitz look good in his prime? Because <laughs> right. John Lovitz, I don't think, really ever had a prime. Yeah. Of course, if you cast John Lovitz as Night Owl and show up at Comic-Con and say that, you're going to get murdered by the crowd. True, so. yeah, you 
you're you really don't want to do that, that anyway. Yeah, you, right. You will not survive the experience at Comic Con. Yeah, I don't you know, have I anything against John Lovitz, but uh, yeah, he just probably wouldn't be right for this part. Yeah, I, I can't think of another film that's going to have this much sort of fan investment in them doing it right. You know, this then the, the, any I can't think of another comic book that that there'll be this much disappointment if they mess it up. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because this is it. It's not like Batman, where if they mess up a Batman movie, well, the next Batman movie will be better. That'll make up for it. Because there's no next Watchmen. That's one story. That's it. So if they screw it up, it's all over. Um, so one we covered last time, uh, Billy Crudup from uh, Almost Famous, uh, as rumored as Dr. Manhattan. And uh, one of the newer ones that uh, just came out a couple of days ago is uh, British actor Matthew Good as Ozymandias. Has he been in anything before that we'd recognize? Um, nothing incredibly significant <laughs> he looks the part though his face he looked um, i mean his hair's the wrong color but that's easy to change he uh, but i thought just looking at him i think he'd, he'd make a good one and uh we'll find out on friday and we'll let you know next week mm-hmm. it'll be in, now it'll be interesting to kind of hear about the 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 less major characters the more minor characters um, something else that uh, may or may not happen at Comic-Con. Um, this is a rumor right now. Um, again, we'll know on Friday. Um, the Dark Knight, uh, the new Batman film, is rumored to have a teaser completed that will actually be shown with the Simpsons movie, which premieres on Friday. Um, it's timed to be out at the same time as the Dark Knight panel <laughs> on Friday at Comic-Con. Um, so the, you know, the, the rumor is that the, that they'll have that trailer, they'll show it to the audience at Comic-Con, and then audiences at the Simpson movie will be able to see it in the theater. So it would be it'd be nice to know that at least one of the things that gets shown at Comic-Con you know, we'll be able to see for ourselves. They'll say in the trailer, as seen at Comic-Con. Right. <laughs> and my, my guess, my expectation would be that the big thing in it is, is going to be getting to see Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yeah, I mean, usually for these teasers, they're short, they don't show a whole lot of footage, but they just kind of, like they say, they tease the audience and let them know to expect it. Right, it won't be a trailer. You know, I would guess, you know, based on past Batman films, the first full-length, you know, 30 to 60 second trailer would be, you know, around Christmas time, you know, about six months from now. This would just be a, you know, the, the quickie teaser, you know, probably won't see Batman, you know, the, the, the main thing in the teaser will be the logo. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be the logo and, you know, hopefully at best uh, some, some look at uh, Heath Ledger. And uh, this uh, is another rumored casting, but most likely, you know, will be announced. It just hasn't been formally announced. Um, Ray Stevenson the uh, from the series Rome on HBO. Um, rumored to be cast as the lead in The Punisher 2, which we uh, have talked about that uh, Thomas Jane has walked away from the role and will not be starring in it. Um, the interesting thing is that uh, who's who's now directing? The, the director is uh, Lexi Alexander, who is uh, a former female karate and kickboxing champion turned filmmaker. She's mostly done uh, short films up till now, and uh, I believe this will be her first uh, Hollywood feature. And if, you know, to someone who could direct a Punisher film, I think that's kind of interesting that it's a uh, karate and kickboxing champion. Yeah, that's could, far out. Yeah, could could end up making it even more of just a fight movie, though. Sure. I mean, I, the, my expectations on this would be so low. I mean, oh yeah, sure. You know, uh, it's not the first project even today that we've talked about where you know the script you know is rumored to not be very good, and that that is why it's been bouncing around between different directors and different actors. And uh, so at least you know, if nothing else, if they've got a bad script to work with, if you have an interesting actor and then a director who's going to turn it into an exciting romp, you know, whereas yeah, the story may suck and the the 
acting may be a little bit wooden, but if we get at least great fight scenes, it yeah, sure, it could be at least a reason to want to see it. You know. And now, who did Ray Stevenson play in Rome? Did you, I, I don't were know. You able to get it, that data. I, okay. Yeah, I didn't actually look that up, and I've not seen the series because I don't have HBO. Yeah, I've seen the first season, and uh, I can't think. Of, I just don't. Did Rome didn't really have any major stars in it, and I just can't think of who. He well, it was. had those uh, the two uh, Roman guards there. Yeah, that's what but, I was uh, thinking. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember one which of one was, of those two guys it was. One of them was played by Kevin McKidd, and I can't remember the name of the other actor. I'm thinking he might be him, but and if that's the case, then he seems like a really bizarre choice for uh, for, for the Frank Castle there. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll look him up and we'll talk about that some more. Next yeah, week. yeah, we'll uh, we'll clarify that next week. And uh, last thing on the rumors, and this is an old one, uh, this has been covered before, but uh, it's, it's come back up again recently because of an interview with uh, Abi Arad, the uh, you know, former head of Marvel Studios, uh, current executive independent producer on uh, most of Marvel's films. Uh, but he has said uh, that Sam Jackson will be in Iron Man in a cameo as Nick Fury. Um, this is something that had been rumored before. Um, it still has not been confirmed. It, it, it probably won't even be confirmed to Comic-Con. You know, it probably won't even be confirmed until the film comes out. Uh, Sam Jackson himself, in, when asked you know, about Avi Arad confirming this, said, Really? I did? I did, I did a cameo? <laughs> so... <laughs> And the rumor is also that uh, Hillary Swank did one too. I, I, I'm not sure who she would be if she would just be another Shield agent in the scene, you know, if it was just something where you know the the the, the rumor is that that he's appearing on screen talking to Tony Stark as Nick Fury, in basically one scene, which would just be cool. I mean, it'd be it'd be neat to just you know expand the Marvel Studios universe that much, you know, right off the bat. Right, and the rumor is also also kind of extended to to say that he is there at least thinking about him as nick fury for uh, the avengers movie that's that's on the development plate right now and that would i think we, we talked about this a little bit before too how maybe with marvel producing their own movies they could make it seem like more of a universe and less like like each movie is its own completely separate entity and doing something like this would definitely be a good way to do that yeah that will be and, a benefit no one's yeah. done to do that so far yeah exactly and sam jackson is definitely an actor who seems like he'd be up for it you know, he's that's not. That's because he's a bad as, mother. Yeah, let's you know. uh, let's keep it <laughs> shut your mouth. Keep it family friendly. But oh, yeah, but right. he's he's game for this sort of thing. You know, this is a guy who's he's a major star, but he agreed to do bit parts in the three Star Wars prequels. Um, he's, I mean, he seems like he's less interested in this sort of ego. I must have my name above the title in every movie I'm in, and he's more interested in just doing fun, interesting things like this, especially at this stage in his career where. You know he's he can do whatever he wants. You know he gets to pick his projects. He doesn't have to struggle to get work. And it just seems like the sort of thing that he'd really be up for. And I think it'd be great. I'd love to see. Yeah, it. Yeah, I think it'll be totally neat if it if it happens. Mm-hmm. And it shows the kind of pull that Marvel movies have. I mean, some a, a property like Iron Man isn't you know known to everybody worldwide, and so to be able to get a you know an A list actor to make a cameo, that's pretty good. Right. That is that's it. Shows what I've been saying so far that they really seem to be doing everything right. You know, they're able to interest all this this major talent in what they're doing. We're looking forward to seeing if they do actually come up with a uh, teaser at Comic Con. Well, that's it for our rumors this week. Uh, we'll keep following them so you don't have to. That's going to wrap it up for this week. If you haven't already, click on the subscribe link on our website to subscribe to the podcast or find us on iTunes by searching for Superhero Cinema. If you are subscribed on iTunes and you like the show, please help promote it by writing a review. It helps the show grow by getting us on the front page of iTunes. And tell all your friends. 
And have them tell all their friends. And so on, and so on, and so on. And if you do have any news stories, suggestions for what you want us to talk about, or any comments on the show, we would really love to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast at superherocinema.com or leave us voicemail at 303-800-HERO. That's 303-800-4376. And give us a call and tell us who you think should play Jonah Hex in the movie. Thank you, Jefferson and Jonathan. Thank you, Michael. And thank you, Michael. And thank you to our listeners for continuing to join us. We hope you keep showing up for Superhero Cinema. We're saving the world one fan at a time.